and welcome to episode 246 of Checkpoint Chat. My name is Alessandro Barbosa. I'm joined by Matthew Figuera. No smirks today. I'm too tired. <laughs> no, no smoke. Oh, no smirks. I thought you said no smokes. <laughs> no smokes. It's like, when did you take up smoking? We're talking uh, Counter-Strike calls now. The, the, um, the terrible weather in London's got you down that bad that you just had to pick up a pack from your corner store. We... Oh, well, no. <laughs> no, 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 no one smokes in London. Everyone vapes, though. No, I'm, actually, that's a lie. I've seen. I was a about fair, to say, I was there not yeah. long ago, and there was a definite mix of. I think maybe, isn't it that less people smoke because, like, cigarettes are, like, stupidly expensive? There? I think so. Like, Sin, even for Sin, locals, yeah. Yeah, syntax, I think, is very high. Um, yeah. I mean, I've, we've, I've probably mentioned before, but alcohol on the side is. Yeah. Phew, it's, it's hectic, expensive. yeah. I was not very expecting expensive. a pint of beer to be eight pounds. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know where you pay eight that. pounds, but the, that is a very expensive pint of beer. You, you typically would pay five, maybe six, depending Even on where you go. Even that's excessive. It is. The, the cheapest I've seen, some, some pubs have a like 12 to 4 p.m., four, four pound special. And all I can think is who's going to the pub between 12 and 4 <laughs> quite literally what I was going to ask at 12 like lunchtime a little, little lunchtime beer that's fine but Just who's, who's knocking a, off at um, a cheeky <laughs> pint at 12 o'clock for lunchtime you know hmm. with Nando's <laughs> with some Nando's Nando's expensive We're, yeah it's, it's pretty sure you could buy a beer at the Nando's there surely probably it's, it's weird because it's more like a restaurant isn't it it's funny because I think it it looks like a restaurant. It's treated like a restaurant, but honestly, it looks exactly like Nando's back in South Africa. Yeah. So it's this weird, uh, I say a mind fuck because you look in and you think this is way too fancy for what it is. <laughs> have you have you been to one yet? No, like, not have yet. You... No, okay. Nando's is expensive. It's a chicken burger combo. I mean, what would you pay in South Africa? Like, uh, or like a chicken burger and chips yeah. no no More. not even that's like still 60 something bucks oh yeah. really okay yeah I'm, I'm sure it's between 9 and 11 pounds <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa that's like 250 rand for a chicken burger and chips no mm. no thank you not today so cheeky Nando's you can, you can say cheeky your Nando's. cheek oh, yeah that's what they mean <laughs> the, yeah. the prices are cheeky yeah um, very cheeky I mean that that's high for I I had some pretty great meals there that were around like 10 pounds. So I can't imagine going to Nando's for more than that. Like that's nuts. Yeah. And, and if this is you in South Africa, no disrespect, don't get me wrong. But for me, it's, it's just foreign seeing, you know, entire families sat at Nando's like a restaurant because I never mm. treated Nando's like that. So just to me, it was a really nice takeout place. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah buildings the interiors look really nice but i can't say i've ever really eaten at a nando's yeah though it's treated 100 percent like a but i don't know it feels you'd never get a takeout nando's you have to go sit there <laughs> and enjoy, yeah. enjoy you know lap up the atmosphere the, the portuguese south africanness <laughs> read the history on the wall about how the spices made their way through oh, across yeah across the great oceans not sure how much of that is accurate <laughs> it's you actually know, you never true know. but yeah. it sells it sells you the dream of having 
nine to eleven pound Portuguese chicken meal or burger meal. Listen, it's probably some of the only chicken with uh, decent seasoning on it that you'll find in England. So maybe I don't know. We <laughs> we've 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 had such good meals here. Uh, I mean, again, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but. People who say the food in England is bland have clearly eaten only at British places. Because I imagine... No, but that's exactly the thing. They've eaten British food. Only British I think, food. Like, yeah. even, even then, I can't comment. We we still need to go do a, a Sunday pub lunch, for example, which Lenska's one colleague was explaining to her this week is a very winter thing. You cannot do that in summer. Oh, oh really? So we Why? have to How do come? It. How come? I, I don't know. It must be a, a seasonal thing of, you know, you go to your pub, it's cold, you go for a nice hearty warm meal. Um, hmm. So we need to do that. And then I can't imagine roast beef and Yorkshire pudding and all that being bad. Mm, Yorkshire but, pudding always looks really good. But actual food that we've had, I, we've never had a bad meal. Honest to God. It's been, we've been here, what, like seven months now, just about. Mm. So You've just found the good places that serve... The not traditional British stuff. Well, to be fair, when <laughs> I was there with you, I don't think I ate just, a, yeah. a typical British We ate at non-British you know places, mean? disclaimer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we had, um, well, we went to like a market, which was good. And then we had Indian food, which was really good. And oh, then the, we had like a Middle Indian Eastern food, yeah, breakfast. Is yeah. next level. Honestly, yeah. it's, it's really, really good. We that have, place we went to was... One of the most chaotic restaurant experiences <laughs> I've ever had, but also one of the best. So 100% it's worth it. so good, yeah. And we've got, we, we know a couple of places, a couple of Indian places, and all of them are just really, really fantastic. So mm. if you come visit, we'll have to go trust some more of them. No, I, I, I can't take your opinion seriously until you've eaten fish and mushy peas in a in a. I actually still need to. The, pro- the problem with that... Um, you, apparently you get um vegetarian fish and chips because Lensk is vegetarian and what? we've no I, i'm I'm sure it's just like a a grilled something you know vegetarian a really big piece of fried <laughs> tofu maybe i mean uh, apparently <laughs> apparently that's the thing we we haven't seen that near us yet but the moment we do we will do a Fish and chips, and even even then, I, I saw we were walking through a neighboring area last week, just exploring, and there was a fish and chip shop. And I was like, "How much is a fish and chips here?" And it, that that particular place looked like a little corner store, unassuming, between nine and fifteen pounds for a fish and chips. Ooh. <laughs> it's like a large fish and chips, ten pounds, extra large, fifteen pounds. Like Ooh, that. That fish that must, fish be, the must size be huge of the ocean. To be it's like they just they just whack down the whole cod on your plate. There, yeah, like just right there. Yeah, I guess so, you could technically uh, classify that as like your your annual uh, bacalhau meal because it is they, they mostly use cod. I think for the fried fish, they're not hake. So oh, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think is a much better decision. Much better, yeah. But yeah, yeah, cod is a much better fish. But you know, I ate. A lot of fish and chips in Cape Town. It was delicious. Mm-hmm. But there is like, I mean, we got a, we went to this little deli that we've always seen, but never been to. It's just across the road from the spa and sea points. And it's like the seafood deli. So it's like, you can go there and get like whatever fish you want and cook it at home, whatever. But mm-hmm. then they have a little like um, stand where you can buy like fried fish and chips. And Shania and I were like, oh, let's just, you know, give it a go. Mm. And I think she got, 
She got fish and chips. It was like 90, no, it's like 70 bucks or something. I got calamari and (laughs) chips and it was like 120. And I swear to God, that was a meal for four people. We opened it up and I was like, this is obscene. There was like three pieces of fish and like a mountain of chips. And I was just like, we can't finish this. Like it's, it's not, it's irresponsible to finish this amount of food in one sitting. Like um, straight to jail. Why are you here? Yeah. (laughs) And all that costs like 200 bucks. Why are you here? I ate an entire fish. (laughs) (laughs) I ate three pieces Uh, of fish and chips in one sitting. Don't mess with this guy. (laughs) This this guy's seen shit. You don't want to mess with him. No. What what Um, breaks my heart the most is that that's, that's a whole five pounds. On that whole, I, know. I mean, it 120 was, uh, rand ain't, ain't necessarily cheap for a. I mean, it's not expensive for what mm. what you got, but it's for a little no, kiosk that, that you got a fish and chips from. You're like, Ooh, that, no, that, that that was cheap. I mean, even for Cape Town standards, that was relatively no, cheap. That's cheap, why I had yeah. very low expectations because I was like, <laughs> oh, this is going to be pretty average. Because like, we, the, another place we love is the Chapman's Peak Hotel. It's like a hotel that's been there for like. I think over a hundred years or something, just as you're about to enter. It's always at Chapman's its peak. peak. Mm. <sighs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yes. Um, and they're like always busy, but we go there maybe once a year or whatever. And they have like, they, they're predominantly known for their fish and their calamari, but their calamari and chips is 250 rand a portion. So it's like, they Rush. are catering to the not locals. Uh, but it is very good and it is a nice treat. 11 pounds. It's nice and affordable. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm glad you Wait. can come here and think that. Oh, no. No, that, that's expensive. <laughs> no, don't worry. It still hurts here. Like, oh, my God. Just <laughs> don't, don't convert this. We, we just yesterday, actually, Friday, there's a place downstairs from us that has a lunch special, which we have seen for months. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a burger, chips, and Coke for six pounds. Which sure again, it's South African expensive. Okay, that's but, almost yeah. like that uh, five pound deal at the supermarkets that you always three, get. Three pound fifty at the my supermarket. You, oh, three pound. You've got to stop going to the M and S. M and S is a rip off. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so six pounds is actually it's like stupidly cheap. Yeah, that that is very cheap for food here for takeout food here. Yeah, um, I mean compared to like I said, a ten to twelve pound Nando's, it's almost half the price. Um, yeah. And it's been there for months and we just have not gotten around to trying it until yesterday. And let me tell you, it was really good. But the reason I thought of that is because you said you, ex- you expect it for the price, something disappointing. And to be honest, I was like, ah, six pounds. It, what's wrong with this food? So something's going to, yeah. it's going to be just not, it's going to be exactly worth its price. That and burger pie is going to taste wrong. Like. It is actually, I, I'll go back. It's great. And it's just downstairs. Perfect. More do you it's want not bad have? for six pounds. Not bad at all. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. worth it. You know, you know what else is six times ten pounds? We could have segued a long time ago with the card, but I you know. just you just let it I slip know. you by. I know. I let it swim off into the distance. Oh, you let it sleep with the fishes. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Video games. I think they cost sixty pounds. I actually don't know. Um, wow, well, they, they cost, cost seventy. They used to cost sixty. Now they've gone up. Inflation. Hey sure. On. So wait, they were sixty pounds while they were sixty dollars in the states. I, I don't actually know what a new AAA game is here. I, I, I think it's forty to fifty pounds. Look how Maybe. detached Matthew is from the common man. 
It's just like no, I because, buy video games. No, because no, that's not it at all. It's because I've still got all my stores <laughs> set in South Africa where possible. <laughs> I ain't buying triple A games at launch. Never oh, couldn't no. be me. Please, in pounds, <laughs> never rands, maybe. <laughs> I do know that the the Prince of Persia game that you you love that we spoke about last week. That game is fifty dollars, and like at first. Worth At first, it. like if I hadn't played it, I'd be like, "Oof, that's pretty high." Like for what it looks like, but mm. you know, considering it's like twenty hours, it's a phenomenal Metroidvania. It's like, yeah, I pay that for Worth Hollow Knight, it. so yeah. And Hollow Knight's what, like ten, ten dollars, something ludicrous. No, I think it was like twenty, thirty, wasn't it? I don't know. No, maybe when we bought it, it was ten. Yeah, maybe it was on sale, but it was a stupidly cheap game. What if Silk Song comes out for sixty dollars? I'll pay it. Uh, yeah, I'll no, buy it. No I'll buy it on the spot. question about that. I'll, I'll pay. Buy <laughs> I'll buy it. <laughs> Straight up. Uh, but yeah, v- video games. Um, video games. What do you want to start are, with? Uh, so <clears throat> let's, just, let's just chat about uh, some Avatar real quick. Because uh, this is a game that I played like briefly in December when it did come out. And then we went on break and I was like not around my consoles for like two and a half weeks. Just abandoned and then I played day. a bit more in January. Um, so just get, I haven't finished this game. I don't know if I will, uh, to be entirely honest, uh, because I think that this is Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this game is really, really good at making you feel like you're embodying a Navi. Mm. Um, I think it's really good at making you feel like you are exploring a lush and like really gorgeous um, Pandora Mm. um, and making it feel like you are being intersected in the ongoing story that the films are, you know, continuing over time. The story Mm. takes place, I think, in sort of parallel with the second film. Like it starts off with the events of the first film and the fallout of like that war and then you being put to sleep um, and only being woken up when the humans come back to Pandora. And then like you are kind of dealing with a certain part of the, the human expedition here while Jake Sully is running away from them and making friends with whales. Um <laughs> So I have not seen Avatar 2. I should probably. Oh, haven't it. you? Okay. No. There's about an hour of them just making friends with whales. It's kind of <laughs> insane. Um, <clears throat> so I, I think all of that around the edges is really fun. It's really, really beautiful. <coughs> like, I, I think by now you would have seen a lot of people express the same sentiment. Um, you know, the likes of Digital Foundry and them. Mm. They've done a lot of deep dives into how impressive this game is visually from a jungle density standpoint and Mm. detail standpoint and this is like one of the rare examples of a next gen you know tm Mm. game from last year (laughs) um alongside the likes of like alan wake it really does look spectacular i just think that actually playing it is no nowhere near as interesting or exciting it is fundamentally a it is a it, to be reductive. It's like a Far Cry for sure. Mm. Like in its structure, you've got this open world. Um, you've got <laughs> little missions towers. that you can put, partake in. Yeah, you uncover the map um, by you know inspecting certain areas. Um, you've got weapon upgrade trees. You've got 
um, like a pouch for healing items that you can craft. Um, mm. And you kind of just, you know, you're choosing between like stealth and all out assault uh, pods with your gameplay and the game mm. kind of like blends those two together quite nicely. So if you played a Far Cry 6 or Far Cry 5, the structure of this thing is very, very familiar. It is different in some ways where like, You've got you've got certain small mechanics that differentiate it. Like when you're gathering resources from plants, you can you can play this like mini game where you I don't even recall what what they say, but you like harmonize with the plant so that you don't damage it um, mm. and prevent it from producing that same resource again over time. But you get less resources or more resources, something like that. Um, you've also got this like energy bar that is separate to your um, health meter and that isn't just like a sprint bar it is a bar that goes down gradually as you use things like sprinting or jumping or whatever and then you have to consume food to replenish it it doesn't just come back okay um it doesn't mean you can't sprint when it's empty it just means you are less effective with more agile movements okay um which can be a problem if you're like in combat for instance um what else? Uh, oh, I do like that it is a bit more restrained in terms of what it shows you on the map. Uh, okay. It does make it feel like you are exploring this area more rather than just following a waypoint. Like you can, definitely, you can definitely have a setting that just puts a quest marker on there, but there is like an exploration mode that it kind of forces you to, to like read quest logs and hints to figure out mm. where to go. So... Very early on, I had to find a person who was near this like human base I was at. And they said, oh, they had set up camp at a waterfall just at the east of the base. And like I was given a sort of like marker to follow to get to that general area. But then I had to use uh, those hints to actually, to actually pinpoint yeah. where they were. Okay. Um, and that's kind of neat. I think that's it's a good intersection of the two. Um, so it makes the exploration feel a bit more organic. But I think going full legend of zelda here would be almost impossible because oh, of just yeah. how dense this uh, this forest is um, yeah another another part that i actually genuinely like is where, while playing as the navi you feel like a navi so you you're playing as a native to pandora mm. um where in the you know in events parallel to the first film you were taken as you and a few others were taken as uh, kids from your tribe that were i think killed um, and then the humans try to basically brainwash and indo- indoctrinate you into like supporting their cause. Yeah. And surprise, surprise, uh, a bunch of other humans are <laughs> like, out. this is, this is fucked up. This is real. So they put you to sleep while everyone was evacuating because the humans wanted to kill you at that point. And then when they came back, they revived you and were like, we are now this like human slash navi resistance to the new human expedition force coming back um but that does mean that you are you know through and through a navi and that comes with like certain perks in terms of your perspective on this world so like humans look tiny which is kind of fun um (laughs) i was wondering they are they are quite literally maybe up to your waistline which is really really fun uh the very first part of the game is probably the most visually uninteresting but most mechanically like um revealing because you are trying to escape this human base but everything is designed for humans so you Uh, have to literally crouch to get through a door and like when you're trying to get through vents you have to like 
prone to get through them and like everything's too small for you you know so they it makes it very evident that you are this much bigger creature operating in a small space but then once you're in pandora like pandora is so much more geared towards the way you Amazing. move around like the way you can sprint and leap onto cliffs is very nice and fluid you've got these little mm. plants that act as like zip lines to get you up to places um you eventually get access to your oh, what is the name i think it's an ecron the yeah. little flying thing so okay. then you can fly places <clears throat> It's it's cool. Like it makes it is it delivers on the um the like promise of playing as a Navi. Um mm. I just think I, you know, I, I think the structure of like it feeling like a fallout is so such a disservice to the, all the other work that's been done around it to make it feel not yeah. like that. But I also don't know how they would avoid that because like ultimately these games or these movies are action movies where, mm. you know, it is like a lot of bow and arrow or gun warfare so it's like how yeah. do you not make that feel like something you've created before so yeah yeah <clears throat> i think it's i don't think it's a bad game i think it's i think it's neat i think it's interesting especially if you're a huge fan of this franchise i think you'll have a mm. very good time yeah um i just yeah I, I i've kind of like i've seen the mechanisms around and i've seen what there is to offer and i'm just like i think i'm good i've had my time with it and it was yeah. fun i just have no real desire to play 20 30 hours of this, of this um, yeah i wish yeah. i completely get that i mean even from our side i've had access to this game i've not picked it up because i've looked at it and thought shit I, i'm genuinely surprised by how visually beautiful it is um mm. but i i just think and you're right it is maybe a disservice to be like oh it's a ubisoft by the numbers game which you think well what could they have done otherwise like it's the movies lend themselves to the structure. Um, mm, mm. But yeah, I just can't see myself committing personally when I've got so much other stuff I want to play. That said, I, I completely agree with you. I think we are a huge uh, fan of this franchise. I mean, what more do you want? It looks mm. like it's, it is a playground, which is a good thing. Um, and again, it just, I think I, I'm just genuinely surprised by how good it looks because this game has also been one of those that just, quietly it's been in development then it kind of mm. just disappeared and then it's back and i also think the release time was a bit strange um, which I, I can't tell you why i mean what's wrong with december it just feels like it's the end of the year and it kind of mm. got forgotten a bit as everyone is you know sort of just dealing with the festive season and maybe you know it came out post game of the year i think so it, i don't know it's just a weird release period and i think it might have slipped on a lot of people's radars from like from the get-go so yeah i think they got a bit screwed with that though because the initial idea as far as i remember was for this to launch alongside the film which yes. you know makes which sense in context with now. this yeah yeah it, like it makes sense in context like that this is a story running parallel to the events of that film so yeah. i think it was just a case of like we need to get this thing out there because we're like two, three months away from, you know, financial year end, mm. you know, business decisions, whatever. And it's just like, well, December makes the only sense because January is Prince of Persia and mm. what February was meant to be Skull and Bones, but even that got pushed back. So it's yeah. like, yeah, it, it, it was weird because you're right. Things that launch in like the second week of December, you're leaving it out to die there unless it is truly exceptional. And even then, then people are like, damn, I wish more people would have played this when it launched at a better time, you mm. know, so. Yeah. But it shows. I mean, both of us were on holiday 
like yeah, a few days just, after this came out. So that, that's exactly it. Yeah. I think if it had come out at any other period, maybe I would have tried it out. But the fact that I was on holiday, came back, and I've just picked up straight in 2024 with Prince of Persia, and we'll get to it. The mm. Last of Us remastered. It's just like, well, I don't know where. Yeah, where do you find I'm time for this, this now? Yeah. yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's an it, it, it it's put it. I think it's a lot better than what. I was expecting at least, um, but given, you know, the, the developer behind it, Ubisoft massive and, you know, the engine behind it, like, yeah, it makes sense that it's pretty good. Mm. And I suspect they will probably build on this. Like I don't see oh, this as sure. a one, one soft thing. Yeah. Maybe they'll get the release of a sequel down in time for Avatar 3, which is coming out. Well, I mean, they've got lots of time because, you know, yeah. Avatar 3 will take another 20 years to come out. So. <laughs> Listen, Ubisoft, start developing it now, and then just push push the green button. The moment James Cameron's like, "Yes, Avatar be, 3. <laughs> be ready for launch on PlayStation Eight. Um, <laughs> oh my god, yeah. that's so far. Um, well, it's also just to be fair, it's, it, I I don't know. The game looks again looks better than I thought it would be. I don't know what I expected mm. from an Avatar game. Um, yeah i was very interested when they announced it as first person that was like the biggest yeah, like oh that's i also thought it would have been a fascinating third yeah nice. but Not it, it kind of works way. like the 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 parkour and platforming works in a way that again better than expected so yeah, yeah feeling like a little blue dude is good and if that's what you want from your avatar game then yeah i think you're gonna be stoked you're gonna be good cool um Shall we talk about the next thing we've both dabbled with? Uh, the Last of Us Part Two Remastered. Um, so here's a quick quiz: how how long ago did The Last of Us Two come out, Matthew? Three years ago. Yeah. What yeah. was it? Oh, yes. Yeah. Give me my prize. <laughs> <laughs> Three years ago. Um, I think what is dominated, at least when this was announced, like. The conversation here is why is a three-year-old game being remastered? Especially within the context of like this game got a PlayStation 5 patch. So it's not a native PS5 game, but like you can play it at 60 FPS on the PS5, no problem. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like why does this exist? And I think the answer I've come to is that this game visually there are such minor improvements that I would think that you would only really notice them scrutinizing the same image side by side mm. or the same video feed side by side. So it's not an immediate like upgrade in terms of like visual fidelity or fluidity. Yeah, you've got the game running at 4K now instead of 1440p for its quality mode, but like mm. the performance mode still runs at the same resolution at yeah. the same frame rate. I think this game is predominantly almost like a game of the year edition where it's like, yeah. here's the original game and here's all this extra stuff mm. that we, you know, kind of want to do explore with the game, but didn't have the chance to at launch. And I think yeah. that's where a lot of the value of this, this mm. lies. So you've played a bunch of the roguelite mode. What do you, what, what's it called? I forgot what it's uh, called. Um, no way. Home. No return. Spider-Man. No way. <laughs> and I think no return's not far off from another Spider Man. Um, it's something like uh, that. I don't know. Like it's a roguelite mode. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, just to quickly bounce off what you said, uh, 
I think right out the gate, it's smart of them to make it a what is it a ten dollar upgrade if you own the yeah, last of us. Yeah, definitely, um, definitely. Because if you look at it from that point of view, you go, oh, you know, visually they've maybe done a little bit of a polish, but it would be an absolute crime reselling this at sixty dollars. Um, so I think. Yeah. Good on Naughty well, Dog. Well, they are technically know, to people who don't have who it. Who don't so have it, yeah. But I mean, yeah. if you've got it... Uh, uh, to not offer an to, upgrade path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To not, sorry, okay. to not offer an upgrade path would be... Because I mean, Sony have done stuff like that in the past where there's just straight up mm -hmm. no way to, to upgrade. If you own a copy on PS3 or PS4, whatever, sorry for you, you've got to rebuy the game. So thank you, Sony. That is a step in the right direction. Um, mm. as for maybe it should have been a free upgrade I don't know debatable as for the yeah, actual... very very interesting <laughs> thing that I've been thinking about in the context of like God of War got a roguelite mode yeah. update in it's, December for free and it's, it's like it's wild mm. the timing because I've seen so many people just all over Twitter this week talking about well yeah you know left behind uh, mode is fun but uh, God of War was free and it's, you know, debatably yeah. better in some regards. It's just so, a, a strange position for Sony to put themselves in. You know what I mean? Did, like, did why not just, just standardize between the two? Surely one person looked at this and went, huh, <laughs> we, should, we should probably discuss this. I don't know, maybe make yeah. them both free or make them both $10. Because even the, the God of War one, I've seen so many people go, wow, can't believe Sony made this free. This is, this, exactly. I would have paid for this. And, then, and it's actually more like fundamental to the story of God of War. It's like an epilogue of sorts to that game. So it is more of like, like I'm not going to say the, the Last of Us roguelite is a throwaway mode, but it's not expanding the story. It is a just a fun like arcade way to engage with yeah. the existing mechanics there. Whereas God of War is like, no, this is like extending the story of Kratos. And, you know, it's, it's wild that that was free. Uh, just, I don't think either of them... I, I'm not saying like, oh, The Last of Us should have been free. I'm saying that God of War should have been $10, like yeah, yes. 100%. It, it, just, it, shoots, it shoots, Sony shoots itself in the foot by making that free because mm. they make everything else look, you know, everything else now has to be better if it's going to be charged for, so to speak. So <laughs> The words of Kratos, do not be sorry, be better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've, come, we've come full circle. Okay, so the actual... The, I think it is called Left Behind. Uh, I don't least, think it is because Left Behind is the DLC is, for the first game. Oh my God. Okay, well it's called... <laughs> damn it, what is it called? <laughs> Doesn't I will matter. find it. Hold on, it hold is, on. This is the roguelite mode. Um, and in, you know, as roguelites work, it's, to, it's a run-based affair where you typically start with no... It's called No Return. You were correct the oh, first time. Oh my God, what did I call it? <laughs> <laughs> no Way Home. <laughs> no Way Home. <laughs> Um, it's a roguelite. You start with you, you start with nothing with each run, and then you play through stages. You unlock resources which you use to buy weapons, uh, give yourself perks, and upgrade said weapons. Um, it's I think the structure on paper it it sounds good, and I think look I've, I haven't put in dozens of hours into this, so people who have might feel otherwise and say you know maybe it gets a bit stale, etc. But I will say that I think this mode lends itself well to The Last of Us purely because The Last of Us does have phenomenal gameplay. It is um, maybe better at stealth than all-out action, but I think the, the, there's the, you know, the meat and bones are there to just you know, package them as a roguelite. 
So I think it mm-hmm. does work. But I have seen people say, and I have seen this myself, where I think it was maybe it was Kotaku that had an article yesterday, just like a you know eleven essential tips for uh, you know the Last of Us No Way Home. <laughs> Damn it! Fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> and one of the the head the headers was just basically like, don't treat it like a stealth game. And which is fair because the I think the description there was essentially some of the the modes which we'll get to like there's different stages with different objectives etc. But a lot of those the enemies straight up know where you are. And the last mm. first two lenses and even the first game you always have the option to be stealthy. You don't have to go all out. Whereas yeah, it feels a bit like well if enemies know where you are from the get go. What does it help having a bow and sneaking around? Like you have to be proficient with your i don't know for example pistol your molotovs etc so it's interesting from that regard but all that said there are how many playable characters are there about eight to ten sure there's quite a few there's there's a a bunch they they, they follow that path of like you play as one character so it's a number of times that unlocks a subsequent character and then that character unlocks another but each each character has a different starting weapon and a different set of perks so they're all sort of feel different um i guess from from the get-go but where i think the strategy comes in is that with each run so you if you're looking at the video feed now you're seeing i'm busy choosing a stage there's branching paths to choose and then you can see exactly you know what theme level it is like the one i did typically was assault where you just had to survive um well Assault, just, assault is one where enemies are introduced into the map but they don't they don't know where you are know where you yeah. Are. so yeah like for example there's assault and that is a map mode and then when you finish it you'll get typically currency and supplements and what is it like gear pass i don't know what that resource is called and then yeah you use that said money after each level to just buy new weapons and then what's interesting is that when you go to the weapon store for example um, it's not a fixed thing. It's randomized. So you might, mm. on a run, open up the weapon locker to buy something and then there's a submachine gun. But the next time you play it, there might be the bow and arrow. So that's mm-hmm. where the roguelite aspect comes in of you need to obviously, you know, strategize as you go. Maybe you see, oh, there's a bow and arrow. I'll buy that and then I'll spend time kitting out. Maybe I'll spend resources on, you know, giving myself explosive arrows. So there is that mm. depth. Um, and again, it plays into, you know, which character are you playing? If you're playing Abby, she is very much melee focused. You don't want to be sneaking around with her. You want to be up beating the shit out of people versus mm-hmm. Ellie, who I think from the onset, she's maybe more balanced. She starts with a pistol um, and Molotov. She seems more like stealth focused, yeah, to be it honest. Yeah, seems, it seems um, more stealth yeah. focused. And if you're watching the... The feature, like I do have the rifle and a bow and arrow because I thought, well, maybe it'll be best to pick apart enemies from afar. From distance? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's, I, I'm having a good time with it. Like I haven't put nearly n- enough, I've, I haven't done nearly enough runs, but I can see myself really enjoying this mode and I do want to play more. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know what your thoughts are. Yeah, I, I think I'm very similar to you in that. I think this is a very smart distillation of the game's existing mechanics into a mm. roguelite mode. And I think Kotaku's hint is correct that to a degree that this isn't a stealth game. 
would say that it is still a stealth game but not in the same manner that the story is where you are yeah. doing very careful and slow calculated moves it's more of a it reminds me a lot of metal gear solid 5 where it's yes. like you are being stealthy but when shit hits the fan you have to mm. adapt and then if you move quickly enough around maps people lose focus of where you are and you can re-engage mm. and stealth and you got to do stuff like that but like you said there's modes that completely prevent that um mm. i I'm really blanking on the mode names now, but there's one, like I said, where everyone knows where you are from the get-go. You have to survive a, a certain amount of time, um, but enemies are introduced every, like, 10 seconds. So if you aren't actively killing enemies, you will soon be completely overrun um, by, like, a swarm of enemies. Um, so you can't just, like, hide around, and they also just know where you are. So yeah. That mode is kind. Of, that mode is kind of fun until you play against like infected enemies, and there's like five of them around you, yeah. and you try and take a a swipe with a weapon at a clicker, and it is like absolutely not, and it just <laughs> eats you alive in one hit and ends your run. And I was like, that happened to me twice, and I was just like, okay, yeah, that's I don't like bit... this part of that. It's that's a bit aggressive to end a run, you know, on that considering yeah. I literally cannot see what's happening around me, and I'm just pressing X to like survive. So yeah. On, on that, I mean, this is a, a side note. I remember in the first Last of Us, because I've actually played that more recently with the, <laughs> the PS5 version, like last year or the year before. That was mm. a thing of you could have um, a shiv as like a countermeasure. What, what am I misremembering? What? No, no, this one has that as well. No, a, oh, but is that something you can't get in, <clears throat> in this mode? Or is so it just something... It, it, maybe yeah i haven't seen it at least but okay i know in the the main story well in the first game it was a uh, consumable resource the shiv would break yeah. yeah yeah here you have your your knife which doesn't break um but there is a like yeah. limitation to how many times you can protect yourself from a clicker obviously i yeah. can't recall what that is though um I think but yeah like, no there yeah. is that i haven't seen that here though Okay. Um, at least not yet. Maybe I haven't played in to get that as an upgrade or yeah, maybe, maybe it's it is particular to a character but or something. Re regardless, yeah. it is a bit <clears throat> shitty that you can have the dream run and then a clicker can one-shot you. That, it's, yeah, can yeah. just fucking wreck you from out of nowhere. Um, so yeah, there, there, there's, like, there's like elements of, you know, parts of a game that was never designed for a rogue, like brushing up against mm -hmm. this sort of design. But I think as a whole, it feels very good and clever and i think it is very well constructed to the idea of playing one or two runs a night because the runs are quite short yeah um and it is all about unlocking things like the more runs you play with the character the more characters you unlock the more mm. times you play with that character and it and do you know specific things according to their traits the more cosmetics you unlock um mm. the more you engage with certain game modes the more different game modes i mean i don't know if you've looked at the list of game modes there are so many Zodan, yeah. so so many um so i haven't even unlocked half of the ones that can be used in a rotation for a run so yeah, yeah there, there's loads to do here and i think if you really get into it this is a mode that you can be playing for quite some time so it's a substantial upgrade like yeah it's a substantial addition to to the overall package um there's also i don't know if you've played them but the they added some cut content to the main campaign, like levels. Oh, no, that, not yet. No, I've yeah, read about them. They, 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 
they're not like completely polished levels they've been put in as like a these were the work in progress yes you know versions we had of this we just wanted to put it in there as a means to like show what development is like and provide developer commentary yeah. and i think that's a really that's cool, cool addition yeah. to games like this like mm. more of that i'd appreciate because that's just a very fascinating insight into how mm. things get made and why things get cut and yeah very very cool i think ultimately this is a very worthwhile upgrade for ten dollars. Oh yeah, hundred so, percent. Even yeah. if, honestly, even just if oh, if you're watching Ooh, the video feed, the palms are sweaty. Let's run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this, this is a tough. It's, are they good? A just tough map to be fighting the the infected on. Yeah. yeah. Um, what were we? Oh sure, yeah, so very good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, for for a ten dollar upgrade, like I was saying, putting on a message. Maybe it is in the Discord. Someone was saying. You know, they don't have the emotional capacity to invest in another playthrough of The Last of Us 2. And I kind of agree in that I've played it once mm. and it wasn't that long ago. Like, let's be honest, three three years ago wasn't too long ago. I don't know if I have mm. it in me to commit another 30 hours with, you know, I could play at a nice 60 FPS, whatever. Um, That's know. the thing. It's also a very long it's, game. It's a long like, game. It's, it's not it's a 10-hour like experience. Hours. Yeah. It's very yeah. good, albeit very long game. However, yeah. this roguelite mode, what a perfect way to, you know, if you want to play more of The Last of Us 2 without, that, <laughs> without the emotional trauma, this is the way to play the game. And it's, it's quite interesting. I mean, you're watching the, you, I've killed it now, but you're watching the, vid, the video feed. I haven't played this game for three years and I picked it up pretty quickly. Like it's, it's just, yeah, same. It's, it's very like for comparison, Horizon playing the, the DLC last year, I was like, I can't remember how to play this game. It's mm. <laughs> just mm. too many mechanics. This, I mean, obviously there's death to the last of us, but it feels like it is a lot simpler to pick up and just be straight back in it. And I've really enjoyed it. It's like the encounters I've had were tense. Like you just saw this thing of sneaking around. Oh God, there's a clicker behind me. <laughs> it's, it's those moments. you only moments. had a bow and arrow. I can't believe you actually made it out of that scenario. <laughs> it's those, those moments I've, I really enjoyed um, from the base game. So to have them here just on, you know, again, this is, uh, how, I'm getting my words mixed up. It, it, you can play it infinitely. I mean, I know you're not going to play it infinitely, yeah, but you yeah. can there are lots of different ways to play The Last of Us, which is cool. And I think for $10, mm. that is definitely worth it. Uh, if you've no, I, have, I completely agree. If you don't yeah. have The Last of Us Part 2 at all, let me tell you, it is definitely worth uh, playing. We, I think we, when we played it back, way back when, we actually did do a whole spoiler cast at some stage. Um, mm. Play it. Really fantastic it's a, game. That's a phenomenal yeah. game. Yeah, I think if... If you've picked up a PS5 and just what didn't have a PS4 or never got to this on the PS4, it's well worth mm. um, the investment to that campaign. I think it's a yeah. really, really strong campaign, and just some of the best like stealth action gameplay you're gonna find um, now because like there's like almost no game doing it like that anymore since Metal Gear Solid isn't a no. thing. So yeah, really good game. Um, yeah, play it. Cool, play it. Cool. Play um, game releases. Should we? Oh, game releases. I keep, I wanted to jump straight <laughs> into news. I mean, we but can I forgot skip, that there we are. We can skip game releases if you like. Uh, what is it? No, I, I mean, I think there are some. So, I think. I actually, it, don't know. They typically are. If, if 
Last few Let years, look here on they are always ye old famous. long release list oh, on GameSpot. Look at me, Dot com. Bad, bad producer. I didn't have <laughs> oh, <laughs> the news window. You hate window. to see it. Please hold. Oh, they actually are quite big games coming out. So there you go. Um, we're looking at games from today, uh, January twentieth, until January twenty sixth. So yeah, it's actually quite a big week. Uh, let's start off with Graven coming to PC on January twenty third. Howl coming to PlayStation 5 and Xbox on January 23rd. Then Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth coming to PlayStation 4, 5, Xbox, uh, Xbox One even, and PC on January 24th. Darren's everywhere. Rejoice. (laughs) Darren's and Jeff's and Umar's. Put your hands up. Everywhere. Rejoice. Praise. (laughs) Um, Then we've got Adventure Quest 8-Bit Dungeons and Doom Knights. There's two words there that are made into one, and I do not like that. Um, That's upsetting. PC and Switch, January 25th. Apollo Justice Ace Attorney Trilogy coming to Nintendo Switch, January 25th. Under Night... Wow, this is a title. Under Night in Birth 2. Sis... Colon Cells? Sis Cells? Cells? I don't know. Don't know. Get better. (laughs) Be better. <laughs> Do not be sorry. Be better. PS5, oh, PS4, Switch, look. and PC, January 25th. And then to round out the Good week release for with a roundhouse kick, a Tekken 8, PlayStation 5, <laughs> Xbox Series X, and SMP. What are we playing? Chuck Norris Simulator yeah, or something. <laughs> yeah. He could be a Tekken character. <laughs> could he could be. fit into that world. But, just. What if King took off his mask and was just Chuck Norris? <laughs> I'd love that. All this oh, time, you go, wow, all these decades. I do love fighting games on PC that get modded. There was a clip going around this week or last where somebody uh, had modded um, Mortal Kombat to be Disney versus Pixar Pixar characters. characters. Yeah. He had the old man from Up fighting like Woody, <laughs> Woody. from Toy Story. <laughs> More of that, please. If we can it's get a, a Chuck Norris mod for Mortal Kombat all taken, that would be fantastic. Thank you in advance. If if you are looking for the best way to brush up on your Tekken law, I would recommend diving into the multiple hours uh, Giant Bomb spent ranking every character ending from every game. I think from Tekken 1 all the way up to 7. It, um, how, sorry, how long art. is that? Oh, it's so long. It's like that, three or four videos. Must... It's ridiculously long. <laughs> it's, that... But it, it is gold. The, the, the endings for King are so, so weird. Good. There's, the endings for Yoshimitsu so weird. There's like, one. Um, someone at uh, good, uh, good data dude Brian at work mentioned it. Um, it's Nina's ending from like Tekken Six, where mm-hmm. so I think is it Anna who's her sister slash. Yes, they're constantly like <laughs> trying to kill each other or some bullshit. This, like this, this ending, it's something along the lines of they become movie stars. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Yep, I know exactly. They become movie stars, and then Anna's in the limelight, clearly the favored actress. And then Nina leaves the set and blows it up. Just you, you can't make this up. It's art. It's actual. I think they've killed each other multiple times across (laughs) some of the endings, and then there's like this whole subplot of like Nina having like amnesia, like, and it's just the wildest shit ever. And the fact that all of this is considered like actual canon. Makes it like chef's kiss. It's you you want to get good. into Tekken canon? This is a, a complete sidebar. But for those of you who don't know, we're gonna we're gonna dive back to Tekken one quick. Where the the whole premise is that 
what's the family's name? Hihachi Jernia uh, Kayuza. Oh, the Mishima, M- Mishima clan. I think it's the, the Mishima clan, yeah. I think ha- the the long and the short was that Hihachi took, it must have been... Yeah, Kuzu. Kuzuya, I also get the mixed up. Kazuya yeah, always. <laughs> took Kazuya up to a cliff as a child and he threw him off because he knew... Wasn't it a volcano? Or a volcano. He threw him off because he knew that if he was truly his son, he would be okay. <laughs> but like, what? <laughs> Parenting 101, do not take notes from this man, okay? And then Sp- shocker, Kazuya becomes evil mm. and Throws his Heihachi is like, cliff. shit, I need to find Kazuya's son to fight him. But then oh, at one point, Kazuya throws Heihachi into a volcano. Mm. Take a shot and every then, time somebody's thrown into a volcano. Essentially. And then I think, if I'm not mistaken, Kazuya throws Jin into a volcano, his son. And then... And then, <laughs> and then I think Heihachi throws Jin into a volcano too at some point. It's like, okay, you, beat it, you defeated Kazuya, but now I'm scared of you. And it's just like... And then at one point, and this is canon, okay, don't, don't fight me. Kazuya throws Mario into a volcano in Super Smash yeah, Bros. absolutely <laughs> happens. Absolutely happens. <laughs> he throws, if I recall, in that, in that cutscene, he throws a lot of characters into the volcano. Just... Bless, bless him I forgot for that, that he's a Smash character. <laughs> Fuck, it's ridiculous. Uh, I, I played... think Kazuya is also a Smash character. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are they? Yeah. I played Tekken Eight. Um, when was it? Debater. No, no, actually at Comic Con here in London, they had it playable. Oh. So I've actually played it. It's, I love Tekken. I'm very excited for Tekken Eight. It looks really cool. Like, mm. like beautiful. I. Listen, I don't play fighting games unless they have a cooler story mode. This might have one. We'll see. Who sees? We'll see if we play. Yeah. Um, um, I think reviews for that are out like really soon. So no, we've got to do predictions Monday. Just remind me. I I warned you. You did. I warned you. But listen, I've I've Watch, run those, those I've run, reviews are just going to come out on Monday. I've run this game enough to know. Well, I mean, I've run it for one year, but I've run it enough <laughs> to know that people fatigue if you ask them too much. Even just getting one prediction can be a pain sometimes. So to oh, well, it was painful this week. I mean, <laughs> we asked for predictions. Some people gave ranges. And I was just like, the fuck is going on here? Fucking Jeff. Do you not understand the question? 80 and 90. I'm like, that defeats the whole purpose. Okay, well, my prediction yeah. is between 70 and 100. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on. I predict between 0 and 100. Oh, there. Yeah, fuck you. Come on. Absolute nonsense. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll give predictions on Monday. Um, I really want to do that. Um, have you looked into that fantasy? I've, fantasy I've looked thing? at it, but for, for the same reason of you and I would do it. 100%. It's more work. It's more it's work. More work. Yeah. The moment you ask, unless you, you people like you and I who want to commit to of doing it, people aren't going to be interested. Mm. They'll they'll sign up, do it for a week, and then forget it exists. Maybe, maybe we can do, I don't know, we'll see. Maybe next year, or even still this year, it's still pretty early. If you want to do just a draft of us two and then... You can, can get that? anyone who's listening can, <coughs> can uh, develop their own draft that links to our one and we play alongside whoever wants to play. So. Oh, we can investigate that. T- yeah. TBC, watch this space. TBC, yeah, TBC. <laughs> and for those, um, sorry, this is a complete sidebar. For those wondering what I've done, uh, what I did last year with my team at work is I started a, basically ran a game where the week before game launches, I gather what they think the game will average on Metacritic. Um, so, for example, Tekken 8's coming out. Alessandro might say, I think it's going to score 85. And I say, I think it's going to do better, score 88. 
And then if it scores like 89, I get points because I got the closest prediction. Um, and I ran that for a whole year. We predicted 50 plus games last year. And I came Who second. Who won last year? Uh, oh. Another writer, Laura. She beat she me by five first. points. Okay. That's, that's a, sure. That's quite significant. I mean, I was... The total look, it's a tough game. Okay. The she she ended because <laughs> think about it, like you you you're guessing random numbers between zero and a hundred. She got thirty and I got twenty-five. So you think in the grand scheme, like thirty is actually not a lot, but it is still a lot. Why are you lying? No, no, though? that's you what I was saying. She punch. beat you by a lot and you like went two minutes into tension, like, no, actually it's hard. Okay. I came second difficult. because it's hard. It's a it's a challenging game. <laughs> There we go. Now everyone knows what uh, what I do with my spare time. It's very News. funny. Very, very funny. News. Yeah. Um, shall we talk about the... Direct. Delicious little developer direct. So if, if you didn't know, uh, Xbox, uh, this time last year, did a new thing called a developer direct where they essentially mm. just showed off some, some games that are coming out for the rest of the year and that's where they shadow dropped half our rush. Um, they, yes, did this, yeah. they did the same thing this year. No shadow drop, unfortunately. I was hoping for one. But they did touch on some new first-party games coming out this year, including the likes of Indiana Jones, Hellblade, Avowed, uh, Era, History Untold, and then mysteriously Visions of Mana from Square Enix, which was was that the big surprise? Because I, I don't know. It seems very left field. Not, not in a bad way. Um, it was it was kind of like, um, yeah, I, I guess it was just one that wasn't on the roster, um, and so like unexpected, but it was also not like a really big thing. Is it part of Game Pass or not? Because it didn't look like it was. I, I it didn't. They didn't announce it as part of it. No. I assume now, given that it was there, like that's probably in the works. I would. I, I mean, why I else would it be there? But that was you know my I mean? my big question. Where this is a first party. Hey. All of these games made by Xbox, all of them on Game Pass. Also, here's a Square Enix game. And I was looking at those logos and splash screens at the end, and I saw no Game Pass anyway. So I was like, this no, feels, it was just, felt yeah. a bit strangely placed. But it's coming to Xbox for those uh, fans who love Visions of Mana and want a modern take on it on an Xbox console of all places. I don't know if Visions of Mana has ever been on Xbox. So there you go. Uh, yeah, it's coming to PlayStation, but um, I, I don't know if like a Mana game has been on Xbox before, like Secrets of Mana or something. I, I don't know. I didn't realize that that series spans like 17 games. That's kind of it's, insane. It's um, up there with Final Fantasy and Dragon yeah. Quest. It's like one of those many Square Enix titles that have just been around it's for got the actual heritage, decades. Yeah. Yeah. So outside of um, Visions of Mana, we got like the five games that were i guess revealed to be at the show and those were the five games that were shown at the show so first up was obsidian's avowed which is the the sort of like skyrim-ish rpg that was actually announced back when the series x was first revealed so this has been a long time coming and i think the first time we saw gameplay for that was last year and it looked very different in sort of tone and I would say color yeah. than the reveal trailer suggested. Uh, but we've got a, a greater look at it now. I'm, I'm not super sold on it. I won't lie. It's, 
the idea is like this RPG that looks a lot like Skyrim or a Bethesda title, but that mixes both melee and magic combat on like the same uh, plane. So they showed off having like a pistol and a wand or a sword and a wand in mm. each hand and using those two things in in uh, combat. Uh, I thought the combat looked a bit like slow and stilted and not mm. that interesting i don't know what your thoughts were i actually that. missed this trailer <laughs> i joined uh, okay i joined the showcase late but from what i have seen doing a bit of a catch-up it reminds me so much of skyrim um yeah tons of which is just hilarious because like i'm sure it's not at all like i mean obviously there's there's overlap in themes and 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 um but it's just funny because coming from uh, xbox who now own both it is a bit like whoa <laughs> it's it's a little, yeah. little bit similar to that other game you guys own um so I, I don't know it's i'm i'm hoping it's really good i know there's a lot of hype you know from that initial reveal trailer it's like oh my god obsidian mm, making mm. this game holy shit to now i a think because people... especially then like people were like oh microsoft's making a skyrim and they didn't own bethesda <laughs> then so it was like oh <laughs> just actually wild and so there was a miscommunication someone in microsoft yeah. <laughs> saw that comment going oh you know what we're gonna buy skyrim and like, Damn it, <laughs> i'll Francis. show you we i'll still, show you <laughs> we're making a vow <laughs> it's the same game <laughs> um i don't know it's um, I, I hope it's good um game i hope but, it's good yeah, yeah. I, it, it could be cool like obsidian has made one of my favorite RPGs ever in Fallout New Vegas. So like mm. they know how to make first person RPGs for sure. And, you know, they've done a lot with Pillars of Eternity, you know, which is more in the vein of like a Baldur's Gate 3. Um, but they've been building complex RPGs for a very long time now. So And more, more yeah, recently, we'll see. in a completely left field game, they did Grounded. Um, oh, right. Yeah, I keep forgetting that they did that. Yeah. Who I'm getting them completely mixed up. Who did? Um, oh God, I've gone blank on that bloody game now. The one that came out, oh, it's the end of last year, the year before. The it was Obsidian. The the pen, the the RT one, the story. Uh, pen, pen, Pentiment. Oh my God, so it was just, Obsidian. It was yeah. Obsidian. Okay, so they've they've done yeah. a couple other games. Um, yeah, and they've, they've which is kind of cool. They yeah. they've allowed pockets of their studio to be turned into these like small strike teams for smaller games which yeah. i think keeps the studio going you know especially keeps people happy as well because they feel they can still be creative um yeah. even if they're not keen on working like on a big game yeah uh, so to speak so that's, i just yeah, could not think cool. could not think of pentiment it was like penultimate <laughs> penultimate i mean close close that's not it i knew there was pen now, what did we see next? Was it uh, Old Hellblade? Oh, so, sorry, Avowed is out in oh. fall of this year. Fall, so yeah. that's like August, September time, mm. yeah. Uh, Hellblade um, 2 finally got a release date as well after many, many, many years of not having one. It is coming out on May 21st, I think. That's correct, yeah. Um, I'm very keen for this game. I played Hellblade maybe five six years after no wait that maybe that's too long but i played it a long time after its initial release really enjoyed it and yeah keen to see where they take the sequel it looks visually gorgeous yeah it um, looks absolutely stunning like what a visual showcase this is looking mm. like for the xbox um uh, it is interesting i mean not in a bad way but 
this is going to be a, a similarly like shorter narrative-led experience. So mm. they say around the same length as the first game, which was what, six to seven hours? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Um, but what caught my attention was that they said they'd re, uh, redesigned the combat from the mm. ground up to be a far more visceral and hard-hitting experience. So, yeah, I guess if you didn't vibe with the combat in the first game, which, to be fair, was not the full focus of that game, mm. um, there is seemingly a bigger emphasis on that this time around. Yeah. So, nice. No, that yeah. it looks really cool. I'm glad we got a release date because, again, this is a game that was teased even before the Series X <laughs> came out. So it's about time. An this, actual this lifetime out, ago. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that's coming out. And then after this, we got... Uh, what was it? Oh, this is I think a, it was Oxide oh, is this, Games. Is this, oh, no, this Visions of Mana. Okay. Oh, they slots that in somewhere. And then, yeah, this is Oxide Games. Uh, is it? Ara? History Untold, yeah. Ara. So uh, Oxide Games is made up of veteran um, civilization so devs. Uh, devs, yeah. And um, you can definitely tell because this looks like civilization, like yeah. through and through. Um, I, I remember I was watching this while on the GameSpot Slack and people who are really into civilization there were like, all of these things that they claiming are like new mechanics are all just things they're renaming from Civ. Like mechanically, <laughs> this is all the exact same well, thing. So well, one yeah. thing they said, which I thought was interesting, and I'm hoping you can correct me if I'm wrong. Civ is turn-based, right? Like I take my turn, you take your turn. Or yeah, it's like 4X. Yeah, Because one thing they said, which immediately made me go like, oh, okay, that's the difference, is that uh, turns happen simultaneously, if that makes sense. So it's like you and I will both do something and then like it'll action the turn. It happens at the same time. It's not like you waiting for me to do something. We both make moves and then the next turn happens we both make our next move if that makes sense i think that does happen in server does it well. happen in server as well because I, yeah. I saw that i, was I think like, it's turn based in like your decision making but uh, the way it plays okay. out is sometimes like okay simultaneously because yeah. i thought oh okay that that seems different i don't know how it works but i okay so yeah i i mean i have a very very limited knowledge of server i only played a little few campaigns in varsity with friends like over days but yeah if I recall correctly, that was a thing that happened as okay. well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, again, this is uh, this particular genre is is something I have very little experience in. So do not take my yeah. word or insights <laughs> too hard. Yeah. Uh, that's also coming out in the fall of this year. Yeah. Um, and then mm-hmm. the big final game um, was. Indiana Jones, Machine Games, Indiana Jones. So these are the developers behind Wolfenstein. Um, and surprise, they're making a first-person Indiana mm. Jones, with, um, which is with the super interesting to of me. Harrison Ford, which is also also interesting, very surprising yeah. to me because I, I I couldn't. I was thinking before the showcase, they like, had we actually seen a character model? And I don't think we had. And then it showed Harrison Ford. I was like, oh. Okay. Yeah. This dude's making bank on this character. <laughs> I guess or, it makes sense given that this game is supposed to sit between two of the films, Raiders of the Last Ark and The mm, Last Crusade. Yeah. As opposed to, I, I thought the, the avenue that goes like whole new sort of timeline. Like a reboot, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. I, I think, you know, first person view looks really cool. Like seeing mm. Indy 
use his whip and you you there's a lot of like stealth focused gameplay um and you've got like you can use things around the environment to distract enemies you can use your whip to you know pull them mm. towards you you've got a gun uh but then there's also moments where it pulls into third person like when you're climbing yeah um or taking like zip lines so that's pretty interesting as well um, yeah yeah it- I, I think it looks fun i think it looks like very uncharted like um a hundred percent that's exactly what i said to lensk i mean so for those of you who don't know it's it is called indiana jones and the great circle which is yeah, arguably the blandest name you could give <laughs> and in, anything attached to indiana jones but it is funny that um from a gaming point of view we've we've now arrived at a point where we've got an indiana jones indiana jones game that is decided against third person for a first person and that's my immediate thoughts as well it's first person uncharted and tomb raider um mm. call it what it is mm. that's exactly you you solving puzzles in tombs hunting for treasure from a first po- first person point of view um I, i'm yeah. keen to play it like this is this is the perfect example of why game pass works because i can tell you i probably i like indiana jones but i wouldn't rush out to buy this day one but the fact that it's yeah, on same. Game Pass, yeah. 100% I'll try it or play it. Yeah. Um, I, I I'm don't not know. the biggest like Indiana Jones person. But Listen, like, we I... will not talk about you having not seen any of the movies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I completely get Leave me alone. Uh, just for those who don't know, Alessandro con- confessed this um, <laughs> on, on our Discord. Never, never watched any Good of the God, films. Good God, it any made piss so many people off. I will say, so many tri- triggered by me saying that when we were watching the showcase, Lenska asked if this is like a male Tomb Raider. And I was like, listen, <laughs> Indiana Jones came along before Lara Croft. Okay, don't, don't fair be, play. Don't be saying things like this. <laughs> uh, and that's fair I was, play. I was just like, hang on. Have you not seen Indiana Jones? No, it's like, oh, what a way for the marriage to end. Am I right? <laughs> just like that. You're like, We've got a couch, we've got a TV, sit down. <laughs> Listen, we're going to watch all of these. Uh, look, I think I think Microsoft are doing all the right things. Um, they've, they've shown four big games, including a third-party game coming out to their consoles this year. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's funny because it seems not all these games aren't going to appeal to everyone. Like, it's the reality. You, yeah. You might have watched a showcase and be like, oh, my God, like, this is all bullshit. And that's fine. But... I still think it's good of Microsoft to be like, here's a roadmap. Uh, you've got these four big games, Game Pass, Day One, and it won't be the only games they release. Like there will, I'm sure there will be more updates throughout the year. Mm. Oh, I sincerely hope so. Maybe I'm speaking rubbish. I um, just think the worst thing they could do is like set this up as like, these are the games for 2024 and then like two of them get delayed to 2024. Oh yeah. No, um, listen, yeah. Phil Spencer, do not do that. Um, yeah, I, I, they, I do, they have to deliver. I do have to think that come... I mean, I know E3's dead, but come June, there is an update on another game or two that maybe come out. Yeah, this probably. Year. I would expect, I highly doubt this is like Xbox being like, cool, this is what we got this year. Enjoy. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm almost certain there's, there's something like, you know, we've been hearing so much about a new Gears. Mm. Um, you know, Coalition hasn't put out anything no. in a stupidly long time. Mm. Um, so stuff like that, you know, uh, a new Forza will almost certainly be announced for this year. So mm-hmm. maybe even Fable. Fable, yeah. Fable's kicking around there somewhere. Um, yeah. 
cool. So that was that news. In other news this week, uh, what do you want to move? To? Oh, let's just touch on this quickly. To nobody's surprise, hundreds of de- developers say they're working on the Nintendo Switch 2. Um, I, mm. I had a quick look at this article. This came from the game. GDC. Yeah, GDC, where 3,000 people were polled and 240 of those people said that they are developing for the Nintendo Switch 2, uh, which is, I don't know, like just under 10%. So not surprising really, but very exciting nonetheless. Um, the Switch. Switch originally launched in 2015. It's been, you know, it's going on nine years now. It's long overdue for Nintendo to release. Not long overdue, but wait, did you it, did you say nine years? It came wait, not 2015. Sorry, I'm speaking rubbish. 2017. No, it is. It's 2017. Sorry. Still seven years is a long time to have the old faithful Switch. I don't know where I got 2015 from. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I was, I was so, I said it with such authority that no one would dare doubt me. And then you're like, listen. <laughs> I, need, I will I need, not have incorrect to, facts. I need yeah. to rein you in here. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm very keen to see what the Switch 2 is. And it should be out if rumors and trends. I, and I would be true. shocked if this thing's not announced by March. Yeah. Like, was, I'm almost certain we, this is a... If we don't get or at a, least like yeah. If we don't get a sequel to I can't remember her name, but the original lady in the first Switch uh, announcements. The was Karen. The was on, it, on the to, it wasn't it Karen? Is, was it Karen? Yeah. Karen who, who took, who took switch, the switch to the party. To the party. Man, if I don't get a yeah. sequel to that where Karen takes her switch to to a party, then Nintendo, that, that trailer, that trailer is an all time fantastic trailer. It's it just so good. So good at like because that ultimately was a teaser trailer. We didn't, yeah. Nintendo only like broke open what the Switch did like a few months later in January. That yes. came out in like October. But that one and a half minute trailer sold the exact scenario that a Switch would work. It's like, it's a hybrid console. Mm. You pop it into this little dock and it shows up on your screen. You take it out and you've got your game. You can play with it in the park. You can take the control. It told you everything about the console that you needed to, to get excited about it. But also, like, it, it wasn't just like a, yeah, we're working on a new console. We'll tell you more about it in four months. And then you're just sitting there like, oh, God, okay, well, we haven't seen anything. So I'm hoping the new Switch teaser is similar. But also, so interesting, I'm pretty sure it will be. Reflecting back now from a modern point of view of the Switch, kind of just established the whole handheld trend. We've got the Steam Deck yeah, now, absolutely. the Switch Rock, and... I think a lot of hardware companies going, oh, damn, there's a hunger for this thing. So. I mean, the, 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 I still recall seeing that guy. He was playing Breath of the Wild, obviously, like in a park, and he, walk, mm. he walks home. He gets home, he just slots it in, and he's playing it on his TV. And that like little like light bulb moment in the brain is like, okay, mm. I understand what this thing is I, and why this thing is so cool. It was such a weird thing because I think at the time it was also the comparison of – you know, we had, what, the, the Wii U and then uh, the DS, the 3DS at the time. Yeah. And I think it is just this weird disconnect of no handhold just cannot be as powerful as a home console. Exactly. And, and to yeah. be fair, the Switch is not a powerful console. However, what they've done with it is made, they've, they've just blurred those lines. And I think mm. that's why that, that dream, they sort of like, holy shit, you can have a home console on the go and then they actually delivered on it. It just, yeah, it's... I think it was a generational leap because Breath of the Wild was for 
the yes, Wii U, Wii you well. know, and there was like, no, you can take that exact experience on the go mm. now. And that's like a big, like mind blown sort yeah. of moment, you know. It's weird looking back now, like, well, of course you can do that. I mean, we've got the Steam Deck, like the Steam yeah. Deck. <laughs> but at the time it was like, oh my God, that is unreal. Uh, very excited to see what they've got lined up. And I, I wouldn't say no to, you know, some uh, tastier Nintendo graphics. Um, I suppose, should we bounce to the other thing you and I both really want this year? Uh, Elden Ring, Steam Elden DLC Rang. update suggests from software reading for Shadow of the Earth announcement. Um, just Yeah, this- so this is a weird one from this week because like, you know, very late last year from software said that the the Shadow of the Earth Tree DLC wouldn't get an like a significant update at the end of the year because everyone's expecting it to pop up at Keeley's Game Awards. Mm. Um and I that, thought it'd know, be there for sure. Yeah, I thought it would be there until FromSoft came out and basically were like, Yeah, it's progressing smoothly, but that's all they have to say. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay, this is probably still a year away. But now uh the Steam listing for the game um, has received a new DLC listing as part of an update. There's nothing that's on the listing, but the fact that the game was updated to have a DLC category amended to its SteamDB um, entry is interesting. Um, yeah. There's been a lot of further speculation that it is being planned for release in February to align with the game's two-year anniversary. <laughs> Please, so from software, don't that, do this. Feb's too busy. Now that that the you know when people just say that out loud, you're like, okay, well you can guess that, and you yeah. know probably wrong. But recall that last year, uh, Thrustmaster, the peripherals maker, they said that they would have a batch of their new controllers arriving in February with quote uh, two quote sync with the new Shadow of the Earth Tree expansion release. They said that out of context. Oh, months ago. Oh my god. So I, you know, this this combined with the sudden like DB change and it's looking like something could happen. Who knows? Um, There's also these weird, I don't know if they're weird, but I've heard them mentioned now in a few places, reports that this might actually not be the only expansion for the game, that there is a second one actually being worked on for later down the line. Well, so yeah. They didn't. Dark Souls 3 have two DLCs, or am I imagining? I don't know. The I think Dark Souls pre- 2 had two. I feel like the, they have had games that have had multiple they have. DLCs. It but just, it, it also depends that the, the extent is, you know, those, those expansions were relatively small. I feel like Bloodborne's is quite significant, mm. and Dark Souls 3 was quite significant. This one apparently is a whole new island. Mm. Uh, that is being added to the map. So I think this is going to be huge in Listen, comparison to, to just the previous ones. Give so. me the DLC. <laughs> just uh, I'll I'll consume that DLC. I love Elden Ring. I know you do too. And I, there are millions mm-hmm. of other pe- people who are just j- jonesing at the you know. Can't wait content. to hear that title screen music again. Oh my gosh! Boom! Mm. It's it's too iconic. <laughs> so, um, shivers. And then you hear that music again when you fight the final boss. Too good. It's a top 10 gaming moment. Yeah, Um, top 10. In other news, Street Fighter 6 is chugging along nicely. Uh, If you enjoy Capcom's fighter, there's a new character named Ed launching in Feb. Sorry, that's Dante? 
it's the 100 percent dante uh dante's somebody dante from devil may cry somebody is cosplaying ed cosplaying as dante apparently this is an existing character i thought it was a brand new character but ed is uh i don't know when he was launched but coming well i don't know when he was added to the street fighter franchise as a whole but he is coming soon i think i don't know if there's actually a date i really do like this trailer description that's been trans uh, transcribed yet ed the psycho powered bad boy of boxing <laughs> brackets with a heart, heart <laughs> is almost ready to show you he's the true high def picture of strength okay the fuck does that mean calm down what does that mean is Calm he down. the 4K of strength? <laughs> he's, yeah, he's the high, not the high. He's definition. the 8K of he's strength. The 8K of strength. So that's cool. I know Jeff and Umar are very excited. But for he's this. got a heart. Don't he's, forget he's about it. He's got a heart in brackets. No. He's, you know, he's not <laughs> only brackets. not only is he 8K, he's got HDR as well. No. <laughs> Can't make heart. this up. <laughs> heart. Um, definition, realism. I don't know. Fuck. Love to see it. Uh, then in other news, Pal World. we're going to get to Power World. Okay, so I populated the news yesterday, um, yesterday evening, and this was the news article that I saw at the time. Power World is currently Steam's best-selling game, passes 350,000 concurrent users. Okay, then look at the time here. This is 8.17 a.m. PST. Then not even an hour and a bit later, Paul Wald has sold, and I know they're two different things. One is concurrent players and one is copy sold, but still, Paul Wald has sold over a million copies and its servers can't keep up. So for those of you who That's don't That's kind of know, insane when you consider it's on Game Pass. Yeah, it's on Game Pass as well. Uh, mm. Paul Wald, for those of you who don't know, is basically a, a, a look, Game Pass Pokemon with guns. but it's a Pokemon clone with guns and that if you watch it's a trailer, an MMO, so. yeah if, if you watch a trailer you'll be like oh my god this is pokemon with guns it doesn't play like a pokemon necessarily um this game has the most bonkers trailers and now that it's out for people to finally play and good god people are loving it people have snapped it up people are playing it yeah i, I, I haven't seen any gameplay myself I, but people who are playing it are enjoying it people i know i kind of want to try it out now mm. like it's not just a dumb thing you know what i mean i just i kind of want to i i've seen anecdotally like people being like this has got actually some really cool interesting spins on pokemon combat and stuff mm. like that like then it's it's not just unironically reaching these numbers it seems to actually be it's, yeah earning this you know so i wanted to ask <laughs> is this a full release it's not a, an early access no it's thing. it's an early access if okay. i'm not mistaken yeah because i was let me, sure. let me just double check on steam because on 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 oh, xbox yeah. it says game preview the, yeah the game is currently in steam early access and xbox game preview yeah. okay that is hilarious because yeah, there, there, there was a lot of <laughs> there was a lot of poor reporting around that because there was a lot of headlines being like power world is out on this day and it's like going into 1.0 and it's like no that's not at no, all that's what was why happening. i was confused because i thought it was yeah. early access so that's cool is on game pass uh i'd love to try this um maybe maybe one day i'll, I'll give it a try uh and then last piece of news until dawn movie in the works from annabelle a creation director and writer uh, it's a hard note from me this is very strange given that, okay, so those you don't know, Until Dawn is a 
narrative horror game with actual actors and actresses where you basically play through a horror story and you make decisions, you know, and you, you watch things unfold. What, what happens in the movie now? There's going to be a definitive story. Yeah. Do they use the same actors and actresses? Like, I, I don't know. It's, 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 it's just weird because we're clearly seeing this trend now of, hey, video game movies make money. Let's make every damn video game into a movie. <laughs> so, yeah. I think that is literally what's happening now. Mm. I, I, there's so many movies being announced. Mm. Um, there was another one this week. It was until you dawn. You mentioned one. There was another horror game, something Martha. Um, it was like an indie horror game that That's not made a lot of... Yeah, made a lot of buzz because it was like very um, hectic. I don't know. It's had some like hectic scenes or moments, but it was actually like not a great game. Now it's also being made into a movie. So wild. Yeah. Uh, Martha is dead, I think. Also, I just want to point out, uh, this is Sony Pictures. Sony out here just making everything. So we there's actually a list here. Um, I mean, this is stuff that's come out. We have The Last of Us, the Twisted Metal series for Peacock, and then they are still making the God of War and Horizon TV shows. I think it was... I keep forgetting those are coming, yeah. Yeah, but I think it was um, The Last of Us. The Horizon one, I think, is actually further along than God of War. Oh, really? But I, yeah. I, th- I think the, the Last of Us show is the one that really oh, put yeah. it on the map for a lot of people because then, I mean... Even saying that, like, I think The Witcher did the same thing a few years prior of, hey, there's a Witcher mm. Netflix show. And people go, oh, my God, this is based on a game. I'm going to buy the game. The Last of Us show was one for one. Hey, this is the game in yeah, the series. And absolutely. people watched the series and went, oh, my God, I can play through this. <laughs> yeah. So there's clearly a thing I, there of, yeah. I do think that uh, Horizon is going to have a much tougher chance with that oh, sort 100%. Of, it's, yeah. I, I, I think God of War is probably the next best bet like people love mythologies and like hard-hitting stories horizon is just like your robots but but even from it's i think more from a story point of view it makes sense right like the last of us is this very compelling narrative god of war is this you know oh my god it's yes it's an action game but there's this compelling narrative about kratos and atreus horizon not to say that there's not a good narrative but it's an open world and it feels I don't know mm. how that's going to translate um, into a show. Like, I just don't see. Yeah, I, think, I, I really don't see that um, working. I think, I think well, visually, give, like, I don't know in terms of budget and whatever, what they've got, but if they could make it look good and make the world interesting to watch, then, yeah, maybe but it's But I think that's chance. also the, the most challenging thing is, like, that world is so <laughs> fascinating <laughs> to me because of the intersection of this, like, tribalism and technology yes that you know there's so many variations of that like bringing that to tv i think first it would just be super expensive also yeah but best looking arguably one of the best looking games on the playstation but yeah i don't know how that looks in real life it could just be like a cg (laughs) mess like Uh, honestly it could be so i don't know We'll, we'll see Though those vibrant colors pop on my beautiful screen in game, Oof. don't know how they're going to pop IRL. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so fair bit of news this week, but that is all of the news. Do you think they should just get Laura Bailey to play Aloy in real life? It is yes. Laura Bailey, right? I think it's, yeah. Uh, is it not Ashley Birch? Oh, it's Ashley Birch. Sorry, yeah. you're, you're right. Laura Bailey is Abby. Yeah. In Last of Us, yeah. 
It's it's funny because I don't know if you've ever watched the Apple TV series Mythic Quest. No, but I um, think Ashley Birch is, is in there. there as like she's like a game tester in there, and every she's, time she talks, I just hear Aloy. <laughs> yeah, she's very good in that series. That's so. amazing. Um, yeah, that's news, which means we are now moving on to questions. Uh, yeah, if you want to send us questions, you can email us. At, oh, wow. Email us, checkpointchatpodcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on social media at Checkpoint Chat. I will say that um, we are... Do we have questions? We do have a question. I will say... Okay. You always we, hide this from me, so I know. <laughs> I like, like to catch you off guard. We do have mm-hmm. a Threads account as well. So if you're not on Twitter... Oh, right. The big yeah, old X. Threads. I have made a Threads account if you'd rather engage with us. At Checkpoint there. Chat on Threads. Yeah, if you hate X or Twitter or whatever. And do you know um, I got locked out of my Twitter account for like two days this week? I couldn't fucking believe it. For what? I so when they when they removed the SMS like two factor authentication, I had to sign up with normal two FA, which is like totally fine. Yeah. But I forgot that during the sign up process, if you're doing it on a phone, I don't know why Twitter is like the only app I've ever interacted with that does this. It actually launches into the Apple like keychain two-factor authentication, yeah, um, and doesn't allow you to use like Google Authenticators, w- which is what I use for like every two-factor thing on Earth. So I think at the time I was just like, I don't know how to get around this. I'm just going to use this to you know link it to my account. So when I was using a new browser at work, I um, tried to log in and my 2FA code wasn't working because I also had a 2FA code on Google Authenticator, which is super strange. Oh. So then I thought, okay, Twitter's just like shit the bed and my 2FA is broken. Yeah. I need to email support. Email support, no response for two days. I still actually haven't got a response. I sent one oh. on Monday. So if you ever lose access to your Twitter account through this method, you are boned, like absolutely. <laughs> like do not Straight depend up, on their support to get back to you are boned. I then just like, I reset my password. I did this and that. What I then tried to do was, uh, what what did I try to do? Um, oh, I found, I managed to find that I had a backup code for my 2FA stored away somewhere. So I was able to regain access to my account. But then obviously it deactivated my 2FA, so I wanted to re-add it. And that's when I saw it went back to the Apple keychain one. And I was like, oh, right. It did this last time. I forgot about this. Um, so you got access back at least I got access back but yeah fact of the matter is like if you ever lose two factor access you are fucked Twitter support is so shit that that they will just (laughs) well it's been a week I haven't got no contact and I'm pretty sure I will never get contact let that be a lesson just do not use 2FA (laughs) Um, don't do that please do not take that as advice that is terrible advice please have 2FA on your consoles on your devices please 2FA on everything it was a joke Jesus Christ! Have two found on your front door. <laughs> oh my God! What did that even? What did that even entail? Robbed your front door. It's just a second lock. <laughs> that you know that you know that little that little keychain that people slide across oh, that's like the little, that's their two. I was thinking yeah. more. I arrive home, put my key in. It sends an email to me that I have to approve. <laughs> oh my God! That is probably a thing with some fucking dumb smart lock. I bet 100%. you. Hundred percent. I bet you that's a thing. Good God! Uh, cool. So we have. A question from good guy at Jared Bra Bra. He says, bra, bra. hope you guys have a wonderful and prosperous new year ahead. Um, oh, to you very, too. Very kind of you. You too. 
And then the question, is Matty excited to dedicate more of his life to learning and speedrunning Elden Ring's Shadow of the Earthry DLC? Wow, but how fortuitous that this question <laughs> came up this week. Oh, what a weird coincidence. Maybe Jared Brockbart <laughs> knows that it's coming out next month. Blink, yeah, blink he, once he, if he, it he. is. Just tell us. <laughs> um, I actually had this thought, maybe it was towards the end of last year, where it just dawned on me oh, that... No. What? <laughs> no, I'm not. Yeah, I thought you were going to say to like play through the oh, game no, again. No, no, no. No, it was more just a surprise that I hadn't played the game. I don't think I touched it once last oh, year. okay. Like not even a matter of jumping in just to run around. I think I consumed so much Elden Ring uh, in 2022, the year it launched. And for those of you wondering what Jared's talking about, I did learn to speed run the game. I wasn't particularly good at it. It's still, I think my best time was still around three hours, which I'll say it's not bad, but when people are out there getting it in like an hour, I mean, my time's terrible by comparison. Uh, but that that was a whole, it gave me a whole, I mean, I've always had respect for speedrunners. Don't get me wrong. Like, I love watching. We didn't actually touch on that. GDQ was this week. Um, maybe. Yes, yes. But um, there's a bunch of cool runs. There's one where a run is played by a dog. Um, best. Best dog. There was one I saw on my YouTube today, which was a no damage run of Resident, Resident Evil 2 Evil, Remake. Yeah. Mm. yeah that looks like a lot of fun so this is the best time that you can go watch after all the fact all the, yeah. all the good, good so ones yeah. I, I love watching GDQ and I always have had respect for speedrunners but I, I've never myself learned how to speedrun a game so I thought let me try Elden Ring and whew, that is a process I had to sit and actually learn which all the speedrunners have to do what is the optimal way the optimal thing to do how do you level up what boss do you how do you what order do you fight the bosses where do you go which paths you take. Um, and it was a lot of fun. Like I really enjoyed doing that. What's sad though is that I'm sure by now, A, the strategies have changed because it's, it's been about yeah. a year. So someone inevitably has discovered a different build or something's been nerfed or there's a new glitch or something. And B, I can't for the life of me remember how to do the default speed run. Like if, if you said, sat me down, I said, you have to do it. I'd have a vague idea, but I can't. Guns your head. Speedrun this game in three hours. <laughs> but I, I can't tell you what the order was. Like, where do I go first? How do I level? I've, all that information's gone. Um, I remember you walking, well, not walking me through, but like explaining to me the sort of steps you were going through mm. with that a while ago. And it seemed like quite intricate. So I can see how not practicing, you know, uh, consistently with that, like you would just... You would just forget. Just forget, you know? yeah. All that said, with Shadow of the Erdring DLC happening, this, well, it has to be this year, surely. I'm not going to do, like, I'm sure they'll allow players to just pick up the existing character and dive into the DLC because unlike previous From games um, where you finished the game and that was it, you rolled credits, that was that, new game plus, in Elden Ring you can actually just pick up after the last boss and carry on exploring the world. So mm -hmm. that's quite cool. I might just pick up one of my many characters and just go straight to the DLC. Very excited for that though. Can't wait. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Cool. And that is <clears throat> all the questions this week. I don't have sure. don't Look at that. anything else anywhere. So thank you, Jared, for that question. If you want to send us questions, you too can email us at checkpointchatpodcast.gmail.com or you can find us uh, on a bunch of social media sites, Instagram, Threads, X, if you're not locked out, at <laughs> Checkpoint Chat. All of the places. 
mm-hmm. all of the places. Um, and that has been episode two, what? 246. That's correct. Two, yeah. Four, of Checkpoint six. Chat. Um, mm-hmm. As always, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate all of the support and we'll be back as always next week same time same place bye we'll see you then have a good one goodbye